Hey everybody and welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli. And I'm Lyle. And I was supposed to have like a episode about, you know, anime this week, but um I did not have that ready. Uh recently began a new job. Uh pretty fun, pretty good job, but uh my schedule is currently a little weird. Has not left a super lot of time for other activity. And what free time I did have, uh, I spent, I sunk maybe 10, 15 hours over this last week playing this game called Rule the Waves 2. Which, this is not in... If if you're tuning out already, this is not a review of Rule the Waves 2. I'm going to be talking about it a little bit, but this is not what this is about. Because I had what what alcoholics would call a moment of clarity while playing it. And I thought that might actually be a little bit interesting to talk about. So, all you really need to know about Rule the Waves 2 is it's a game made by huge nerds who wanted to make a video game and a simulator basically entirely about the intricacies and difficulties of naval shipbuilding and uh fleet build planning from 1900 to like 1950 something and as I was sitting there, staring at a basically white Excel spreadsheet, fiddling with knobs and buttons, trying to decide if uh, the complexity of oil-fired turbines or diesel engines would have the optimal power-to-weight ratio to give me a desired speed of X knots over Y distance with guns of 16 inches and 55 calibers. And do I want dual-purpose mounts, or do I want them to be, you know, heavy anti-surface and blah, blah, blah... I realized I play really weird games. Because, and I did mention this to you, Lyle, Rule the Waves 2 is a really shit game. Yeah, you, you mentioned that to me. As a game, it is obtuse, difficult to get into. Uh, it has a major feedback problem in that there is very little feedback as to what you're doing, so you don't know if you're like winning or not. Until something, do you get into a massive fleet battle and you lose like six battleships because of one design flaw you made 25 years prior? Which part of their whole realism thing is that's exactly the point. But um, I was having an absolute blast. <laughs> I actually very much enjoy this game. And it, like I said, had a moment of clarity where I just sort of looked at all my other games 
and like some of my favorite games of all time are in exactly the same sort of vein. Like I, I found Rule the Waves 2 just because someone had a Let's Play series of it on the going on the uh, forums for a game called Aurora, which uh, 50 nerd points to anyone who knows what the game Aurora is. But uh, if Aurora is a 4X game, actually, let me, I, I've actually heard it described this way. It is not a 4X game. It is a face it is a 4X simulator pretending to be a game. Aurora is the work of passion of one guy who's been working continuously on it for decades. And he just releases free updates every now and again for the way someone described it to me was if you were playing D&D and you got tired of having to constantly like roll your dice and figure out your scores and everything on a pen and paper, so you built an automated utility to run the combat for you, and you just kept building up that utility to the point where it had a game map the size of the entire world it was actively simulating, with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in that world, and you could have Roman legions moving around on the campaign map and decide the course of actual battles. But the combat between these things was still on the level of granularity of playing D&D. So I, I, I like games like World Waves or Aurora. I like games like Cataclysm, Dark Days Ahead, which... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that instead of trying to describe the amount of keys on your keyboard you need to use to control the game Cataclysm, Dark Days Ahead, I'm going to go ahead and just say, I don't think there's a single key on your keyboard that does not serve a function in that game. And... It's games like all that. Those are those are the big three that I have here. Uh, that made me realize that because each one of them, well, maybe not necessarily rule the waves too. Each one of them has a direct counterpart that is significantly friendlier to learn and play, but I do not enjoy anywhere near as much. For instance, Cataclysm, I started playing Project Zomboid, which incidentally is another actually fairly complex game. It's just nowhere near on the level of Cataclysm. And when I started playing Project Zomboid, I wanted a slightly more laid-back experience, but probably one of the number one things that I ran into when trying to play it was just the sheer frustration of not being able to do everything that I wanted. Because in Cataclysm, you know, you spawn in, you know, wherever you want. Evac shelter, you know, hidden away from the world. In the middle of the city as the zombies and the Mego and the Eldritch Abominations and the acid-spitting ants and all that stuff start rising up from the ground. 
or you could like start in a library, you could be a preacher who has to put down your ex-congregation, you could be some dude living out in the woods, you can be an isekai protagonist. That's not a joke. You can literally play as like a medieval peasant from some alternate dimension who got isekai'd into this like cataclysm world in the modern day with all this bullshit going on. And you have to basically figure out how your life works now. And then in Project Zomboid, it's just, you spawn in, and there's zombies. And, you... I'm not making fun of Project Zomboid, but... There's, I don't know, 10, maybe 20 character, like, classes. Like, starting classes to pick from in Zomboid. And... They change fuck all. Uh, in Cataclysm, the kind of starter character you can play as, you can be a police cyborg SWAT officer with bionic enhancements, or you can play as, like, the Gimp from Pulp Fiction, just lost in this apocalyptic world. And yes, you are, yes, your total resources are basically what you've been tied up with. It, it, it came down to, and, like, I, I play Stellaris sometime. Sometime. Compared to, like, say, Aurora. And Stellaris can be fun. It's, I'm not saying it's not. There are a lot of things that it does that even Aurora doesn't necessarily do. But here's the thing. Uh, with Aurora, all like a lot of the stuff that could be happening in a game of Stellaris, you can basically just pretend like it's happening. There, it's it's literally an entire canvas, and you can just fill in the blanks as you see fit. With Stellaris, if I want to say uh, play an entire game where I am. I'm I'm trying to. If I wanted to, I could spawn on the opposite side of a galaxy in Aurora, and play Battlestar Galactica, and try and find my way to Earth through the entire, uh, you know, Milky Way galaxy, fighting off precursor robots and the fucking uh, Tyranids from Warhammer 40k, and trying to deal with like the Necrons or something. And, I mean, you could, tr you can't do in Stellaris what hasn't been, I mean, you can't do in any video game what hasn't been programmed, but. Is there, are you perhaps trying to say there's a lack of emergent gameplay? Yes, Num that, that number one, and this is all coming back to a point, uh, there is a channel called, actually, that's, basically, I'm gonna reference like one line from a documentary I watched about uh, a video game but if you ever played Arma or Operation Flashpoint um way back in the day you know it was you know Operation Flashpoint it was you know hardcore milsim blah 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 then the team went off to make Arma because they lost the rights to it and the publisher uh, kept the Operation Flashpoint name and kept making Operation Flashpoint game. 
So it was originally like going to be this huge dust up between Arma and Operation Flashpoint for the hardcore milsim uh, game genre. But eventually Operation Flashpoint basically was like, all right, why are we trying to compete with Arma at being a milsim? Who who really plays like hardcore milsims other than a small group of huge nerds? So they decided to go a completely different direction and basically just try and create a more like hardcore tactical shooter, basically with the idea of appealing to people who played Call of Duty or Battlefield. And then it sort of hit the skill ceiling in terms of what you can, you know, as a human being, develop your, your skills to. And basically offer like, hey, this is something that the limit is higher. You, there is room for further growth as a player. And Operation Flashpoint fucking died. <laughs> the franchise. I feel like I should mention that. But the the idea of the whole like skill ceiling, that's kind of like the one thing that stuck with me because I mean really that's kind of what I'm hitting this entire time. Like with Stellaris, I'm not good at Stellaris. I'm not good at Project Zomboid. Uh I I'm not, but the skills to be a good Stellaris player. And the skills to be a good Aurora player uh, are just basically there's a there's a massive skill cliff, or I guess ability cliff. Uh, I tried to play Aurora when I was very young, actually, and I I literally couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out how the game worked. My brain was not developed enough to be able to do it. And I don't mean that you're dumb, dumb. You're a dumb dumb if you can't play Aurora. I mean I lacked the attention span and ability to sort through the fact that it had no feedback for what I was doing, and I'm just sitting there looking at colored dots on a background, watching them spin around another colored dot. Well, the game tells me that they're planets and stars. With Stellaris. You're meant to have fun. You're meant to enjoy playing the game. And I'm... This is gonna... I I very... Like I said, I... This is gonna sound weird, because I've been talking about how much I enjoy and love playing these games, how much fun I have. Aurora is fun. Cataclysm's fun. Like, Rule of Waves is fun. They don't don't have to be. They're not really... Well, they are meant to be. They're not meant to be fun. I, I used to play a lot of Escape from Tarkov. And that is a game I had an absolute blast playing until I had to leave it for other reasons. But the the mission statement of Escape from Tarkov is to not have a fun game. That is that is not their intention. And I believe they've achieved that. Tarkov isn't fun. What's meant to be in the enjoyed part of Tarkov is the feeling of reward you get when you get it right. It's when you're... The, the seminal experience of Tarkov for me was I had to complete a quest 
I was sitting there on this map, and a firefight erupts between me and some other guy. I take a bullet to the stomach. I drop down. I am now crawling, bullet lodged in my stomach, bleeding out in a drainage ditch on the side of the road. This guy's coming up on me, and he gets his head taken off by a guy who was watching this entire thing. He comes in to loot that guy's body. I sneak away through a drainage pipe, crawling, bleeding out. I make it, like, five seconds before my character dies to an extract zone, and I escape. That was the rewarding part. Doing it shot my blood pressure up to unhealthy levels. In the moment, I was holding my breath and panicking my ass off. Afterwards, the dopamine rush was incredible. With Aurora, I, there are times when I'm sitting there clicking through the past five days option. And being like, oh, you know, you know, something will happen, something will happen eventually, something will happen eventually, you know, just, I can pass in-game years and do basically nothing, and I'll just be staring at the screen like, yeah, this is passive time. And then my scout ship will alert me, you know, oh, new thermal contact in Alpha Centauri, and I'll go, oh, shit. <laughs> and I'll realize that I have basically just unleashed like the Necrons upon the galaxy. <laughs> and now suddenly my entire species that I have watched crawl into space and have settled a dozen worlds and created a vast civilization has entire planets bombarded into sterility from orbit. And it turns into an epic tale of having no hope in a bleak galaxy as you send one colony ship off into the void to try and save your race. Rule the Waves 2, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, like, I fucking hate it when my government says, uh, you, you can't build, like, your massive 50,000-ton super battleships because we went and signed a naval treaty. And you're like, but why? I need these. And they're like, yeah, but this way we don't have to, you know, take as much people money from people in taxes. And this way we get reelected and we like our jobs. Uh, it's it's the thing in Cataclysm where you 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 escape from the bottom of a lab as a mutant science project, you know, presumably kidnapped and experimented on. You crawl your way out. A giant a gerbil punches you through a wall. A robot takes off your arm. You climb into a car, drive off into the distance, find a horse farm. You know, just start a nice, simple life of farming out in the wasteland. And then a mugger walks up and shoots you in the back of the head because uh, you, have, you, you have a thriving house in the middle of the cataclysm, which basically makes you Bruce Wayne levels of rich. And you spent your time growing potatoes instead of learning how to fight or get weapons. Uh, there's that guy that we play the Star Wars RPG with. You know the one. Yes. 
His name uh, will be redacted here for uh, yes, privacy we, reasons. We we never we never give the names of people out there because you know we're we're not we're not doxing people, but he likes you know Dark Souls and Elden Ring and Bloodborne and stuff. I guess I don't know. All I know is that he plays Elden Ring way too fucking much. <laughs> and I know how he... We got to talk in video games at one time, and he kept trying to recommend Elden Ring to me. Because I think it may have started when I said I like complex video games. And while I'll admit the it, there's a very high skill ceiling to like these Dark Soul type games. Souls likes. Souls likes. I don't like getting my shit kicked in because I have like 0.5 of a second too short reaction time. And I can't dodge the giant armpit monster <laughs> <laughs> that wants to exterminate my bloodline for the crime of existence. <laughs> Um, you know, actually, since you bring up Elden Ring, do you mind if I take a quick tangent? No, please do. My throat's actually kind of dry from all this talking. All right. <laughs> Radical. So it's just something, when you brought this uh, topic up to me the other day, you're like, hey, I'm thinking about doing something like this. It got me thinking about, like, what, what makes a game complex? Like, a as you have talked about earlier in this episode there's a lot of things that can make a complex game fun or or complexity itself can be fun but and there's a difference between like a complex game and a just something that's complex but really what makes a game complex specifically for games which sounds redundant but let me get to where i'm going <laughs> so very basically, long story short, what I've come to a conclusion of is that people, there, there's a lot of games out there that act more complex than they actually are, and it's really only because they lack feedback for your options, as you've mentioned, but also they're, they don't have good tutorials, so you have no idea how to start. A, an excellent example of these types of things is the Souls-likes. Souls-likes are almost universally have just no tutorial and not a lot of ex explanation for what's actually going on with gameplay. And so the player is relied on to figure out most of it. And so a lot of these games have a very dedicated community that feels a certain elitism and pushes back whenever the developers, rightfully, want to, say, expand the features that allow players to have feedback or to expand the tutorials to make it easier for new players to understand or even just to, like, lessen the difficulty by, say, not insta-killing you because you turned left and you were supposed to turn right. And mind you, I don't think that last thing is something that's actually happened in a Souls-like, but 
See, like I said, a lot of these games, the complexity is people don't go to it for the complexity. They go to it to be elite. Because if they understand the complexity, they can lord it over all the people who don't understand. And really, is there no better joy in gaming than to lord your status over an unsuspecting noob? Well, I mean, other than rewarding and engaging gameplay on its own, but, you know, who, who, who cares about that? I mean, I, I kind of get, like, you know, the feeling of superiority that comes from, like, being better at something than someone else. I believe, you know, people are kind of competitive by nature. Uh, even I'm not immune to being competitive. Although I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Uh, on my Steam profile, I have two hundred fifty, yeah, two hundred fifty-four games. I have two of them in which I've gotten every achievement. <laughs> I have tw- a twenty-two percent uh, game completion rate. Uh, I don't really care about achievements very much, simply because. Like yeah, especially if they're like they're like a skill-based achievement. Like yeah, I guess. But I think you remember uh, a few months ago, I decided that I was gonna play Hoi Fort for some achievement, just to prove that I could. I wanted to prove my skills as a Hoi Fort player, and I got about like five or six, including some decently rare ones, um, like. I have an achievement that 1.5% of players have, which is, uh, as Greece, form Greater Greece and complete the Megali idea, which you have to do on Iron Man, hardcore mode. Uh, you know, restricted saving, all that stuff. And I didn't feel like I accomplished anything when I got that. I have, like, five rare achievements. Like I have like one for uh like uniting all of China in Hoi Four and like yeah, it was like the gameplay getting there was fun, but achieving it, the like, getting the achievement, like, okay, I guess, like that's it's just kind of the the cherry on top, but you don't really care about cherries. I actually don't like cherries at all, but <laughs> Then there you go. I mean it's that literally, cher- but it's the cherry on top for you. Uh, but that actually brings up something similar to the whole elitism thing, because uh, so we both play a lot of paradox games. We do. Uh, got uh, I, I I at least got my start with uh, Crusader Kings Two, which is infamous for not exactly having the most intuitive control scheme or gameplay style and I gotta say that the just the number of people who were fans of C- of Crusader Kings 2 CK2 who got so up in arms about the developers trying to make the sequel Crusader Kings 3 CK3 not as di- not as obtuse, so they they implemented so many awesome additions 
like so you you have a better idea of what's going on in the game the game is telling you hey this is going on just so you know this you might want to do this in response and uh, and all this other stuff and it's so it makes playing CK3 very enjoyable for me cuz i mean i don't want to have to micromanage my entire dynasty every time i play sometimes i just want to be a, a viking who goes raiding and kills a bunch of people and that's it and so having these tools which which admittedly i don't have to use is really helpful but the but the pissing and moaning <laughs> from the elitists is just so frustrating and i'm seeing i've seen the same thing from fans of victoria 3 or yeah victoria 3 victoria 2 as well the vic 2 vic 3 um where so many fans of the vic 2 want the game to be as complex the the sequel to be as complex as the original and just for context, <laughs> Vic 2 is, is the most notoriously complex paradox game in existence. It, is that a controversial statement? Uh, I'm going to say this about Vicky 2. I, have a, I literally have an economics degree, and I don't fully understand the economic system of Vicky 2. There you go. <laughs> this, it's... It's not a well put together game. Admittedly, it's from another era. It's like a, it's at least a decade old, right? I'm pretty sure it's from 2008. Yeah, so it's it's a decade and a half old. It's an old game, and e and even by 2008 design standards, it's an old game. And so it makes a lot of very strange choices, and it doesn't explain any of those choices. No. So. Most no notoriously, the economy, which is kind of the core of the game, is powered entirely by sliders. And so you just, like, move sliders around. Sliders and, and black magic. <laughs> don't pretend like it's not. <laughs> it, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's sliders. And, like you said, black magic. There's a bunch of stuff happening behind the scenes that, yeah, admittedly, there's a, every game has stuff that happens behind the scenes that the developers aren't going to show the players because either it's boring or it's just not relevant. But, like, when it comes to the economy in Vic 2, it is so frustrating. <laughs> because you, you, if you change one thing, you could change a dozen more. But, it, but importantly, it's not going to tell you what changing any one thing is going to do. So say you decide, okay, I'm going to uh, have my military spending and I'm going to, I'm not going to waste, and I'm also not going to waste any money on bureaucracy. So you put the military slider at 50% and you put the bureaucracy slider as low as it can go. And that causes a chain reaction of a whole bunch of stuff. I, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't explain, like, oh, if you don't have, you need bu bureaucracy to do this. And 
If you don't know that, then congratulations. You just you just ruined your country. Start again. Yeah. Really, this is kind of more of a this particular section is more of a game culture issue because uh the gold standard for uh complex games with great communities is Aurora because uh they know how obtuse the game is. The guy who made it knows how obtuse the game is. I think it's to the point where if you wanted to make a tutorial for it, the tutorial would basically be an entire separate game at that point. <laughs> yeah. But the community is always welcoming of newcomers and always uh, willing to, you know, give a hand as to, like, figuring stuff out. There's an entire section on the forum for basically, hey, uh, this ship I designed doesn't work. Could you tell me what's wrong with it? <laughs> There is a 2,700 post-long thread that is just on people asking general questions about how to play the most recent edition of the game. And people keep answering. There are multiple online tutorial series that people have made on how to play the game. Like, five... 10 hour long tutorial series of how to play the game because with a, a small complex game like this uh, anyone who joins it is basically either depending on your point of view they're either joining a cult <laughs> or uh, they're joining an extremely niche hobby that is in constant need of new blood regardless uh, people don't mind people coming in to play the game uh, Cataclysm is decently welcoming of outsiders. Uh, Rule of the Waves 2, I think that game might actually be a little too small. It's kind of hard to find decent information about how some of the stuff works. But um, I'm at least able to find some information as to what clicking random buttons does. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that kind of brings me to the point I was, I'm trying to make, is that even the most quote-unquote, complex game can be made simple by just have by having something to explain and direct the player through so that they understand what performing any given action will cause. Even if, say, it, say make, taking one action will cause a chain reaction that cascades into total failure if the player knows that will happen they can plan around it and you get much richer gameplay around that than if you just don't tell the player and they have to figure it out and it takes them 20 tries because they can't figure out what the slider does and it doesn't make any sense and if you just told them that oh yeah the bureaucracy slider uh, funds your bureaucrats so that it'll give them money and also improve their standard of living. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. And then, you know, I'll explain the other parts of that as well. 
See, this isn't the point, but I know exactly what the bureaucrat slider in Vicky do. Well, I don't know if I'd say 100% know what it does, but I know like 90% of what it does, and I'm resisting the urge to explain it to you. <laughs> that would take that would take a while. It'd be very off topic. Yes, I'm just using it as an example because I I don't know what it does. Um, and I'm sure there's more obscure stuff I could have used as an example there, but it doesn't really matter because because the point is, even the most complex game can be made simple through proper explanation, and some some games try and increase their com- their complexity by simply not including a tutorial or not explaining how something works so i think the the end conclusion here is that uh your game shouldn't be difficult because of a lack of tutorial your game should be difficult because there's too much material to tutorialize that's certainly one way to look at the the difficulty problem. As people who play Dwarf Fortress say, losing is fun. <laughs> yes. Uh... A game I was never able to play, it's been on my list for a while, I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get the tile sets to work, and I, look, I say that graphics don't matter. Graphics uh above like ASC2 tiles don't matter. If your game is literally just like ASC2 tiles, then I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I try I tried to play Dwarf Fortress as well and that 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 was that was uh I don't know what I was doing. I have difficulty telling between uh the twos and threes in the Roman numerals on the file they have to work on at work, alright? <laughs> These glasses don't actually make me see any better. <laughs> let's, let's just let's just say that uh, RimWorld is a sufficient uh, replacement for Dwarf Fortress for those not willing to learn. <laughs> I, I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've veered off topic uh, sufficiently far enough. But, uh, yeah, so... Basically, instead of watching any anime or anything this week i've been playing uh bullshit obtuse complicated video games and uh that's why you're not hearing about something you know more weeb i don't know i'd say this is pretty weeby but from another angle in any case in any case until next time i have been eli and i've been lyle And this has been Anime Stroganoff.